Race fans and more, welcome to the Tariq Waldron Motorsports Podcast. I am your host, Tariq Waldron, a.k.a. The Big Ticket, here to give you all the things that have passed, all the things that have happened, and maybe some stuff that is going to happen in the racing world, starting, of course, you know, we have MotoGP News, Formula One, World Rally Cross, uh, maybe uh, some IndyCar stuff, and World Endurance stuff as well. The World Endurance Championship is upon us. It is... Either it already started or it's on its way, one of the two. A lot of preparations, a lot of things are being made for it. And I definitely will be talking about it today. Starting off, most importantly, I want to talk about the social media blackout that happened where um, an abundance of teams, an abundance of uh, sports related, motorsport related uh, teams and, and, and industries, you know, did their social media blackout thing to uh, go against, to raise awareness and stuff like that for abuse, all that kind of thing. Uh, over the past race weekend, that is something great to see, great to see the unity. I mean, hey, hey it doesn't do the, the, the greatest impact that we're looking for, but it is something to raise awareness and that kind of thing that brings people to an understanding. Um, really good thing to see. Really impressive that uh, everyone was able to unify like that and actually come together and 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 be a unified unit, a unified team uh, for that kind of uh, to raise awareness for that for those kind of things. Um, moving on, you know, uh, I just want to bring attention to the Ferrari Challenge of North America. Um, I want to say this: it is not the most remarkable racing it is not the most impressive racing not the most exciting it is just something to in my opinion something to watch if you ain't got nothing to watch um you know most of the races go around an hour uh just shy of an hour you know if you add in all the beginning stuff and all that stuff is going to run to about an hour pretty short nice little races for you to just watch if you have nothing to do or if you just need something playing in the background it's definitely something but i thought i would bring uh some attention to that uh that going on next we're just going to keep it rolling. Uh, this episode is not necessarily going to be something that's a long one, but we're just going to keep it uh, keep it rolling. Um, the Fuji Super GT. Uh, Super GT is back, ladies and gentlemen. It is back. Uh, round two at Fuji happened, I believe, last week. And it was quite a sting, quite a sting. Um, there was a drama at the start of the race, literally on lap three. Had uh, engine failure by one of the Nismo GTRs. I'm not... 100% sure who was driving, it's a very long name, or it's like a Italian name, something, uh, but it's the number 23 Motul uh, Altec GTR, um, that was up in smoke, had the engine failure, uh, that brought out a safety car, you know, and it's in a it was still an impressive race, like I, I've stated this plenty of times before, Super GT is quite remarkably um one of the most exciting forms of racing that I've actually watched. It's very competitive, um, and everyone is on the everyone is on the button. Nobody is going to slip up. Um, everyone is pushing, and 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 no one, no one wants to give up uh, any position, anything like that. Nobody's going to be. I don't even think giving up positions to teammates, that kind of thing, is is not happening. Um, I think that they're more so, way more competitive. And everyone has, you know, their their honor, their pride, all that stuff tied into that race, tied into uh, winning. Um, moving on. Uh, I forgot who won the GT500 class. 
that's okay though because again, once again it's round two um still the beginning there's still plenty of rounds to go but i will be taking a deeper dive in the super gt as of right now this was just a quick flyer by of uh getting some notes down for it um moving on though penske and porsche have finally united after plenty of years apart or after years of success and, and after some years apart, they're back together, but not in the sense that we're thinking of. They're back together in World Endurance Championship. Now, the reason why is because Penske wants to have a WEC championship, you know, under it, under its under its name. You know, Penske has been very successful, not only in IMSA, not only in NASCAR, not only in uh, shoot, maybe IndyCar too. Penske has been quite impressive and has a track record, a very successful track record across an abundance of motorsport. Now, McLaren also has that across a, an abundance of different series. So it's only fair, and also them two, those two, uh, those two companies, those two manufacturers, uh, not manufacturers, but those two companies have had great success together as well. Not only outright victories, but also a few championships. Uh, some as recent as as as, as the last decade, um, but they have uh, they have split ways um, back then, and now they're coming back after the deal with uh, with Honda's Acura. Uh, with after the deal with Acura and Penske uh, ended it last year in 2020, Pens Penske and Porsche are now able to come together and unify, and hopefully this deal would extend plenty of years. Now, I mean, in the World Endurance Championship, I know fully well that uh, Porsche has its history. You know, Porsche has, has been there for a, an extended period of time. It, it, it's, they always at Le Mans, always, always, you know, racing down La Sarthe, always going competitive and, and doing their thing. And Porsche has a great track record within uh, the World Endurance Championship. So it's only rightful that, it's only right that Penske, someone who's been successful across all boards, join someone who's been successful um, relatively across all boards as well, not only on the American side, but also on the European side. And once again, we're able to see them, you know, come together. And it's definitely going to be a power, a powerhouse uh, of racing as well as um, development. Um, you know, they're going to be able to have great drivers, great teams, you know. Um, but Penske and Porsche are unifying in order to bring Porsche, their factory team, back into the World Endurance Championship. I believe that uh, this, this, this partnership is going to allow them to bring in uh, two, uh, two LMD, LMP2 cars. Um, but they're also, but they're going to be changed over and all that stuff for the uh, Le Mans Daytona hybrid class. Uh, so that way they'll be able to race in the World Endurance Championship, as well as Daytona, Sebring, and those kind of things. Um, there you go. Uh, there's going to be two bases of operation. The Amer on the American side is going to be at the Penske headquarters in Mooresville, North Carolina, or Virginia, one of those states. And um, on the other side, that has yet to be announced, but I'm going to guess it's probably going to be uh, somewhere within the uh, Porsche headquarters uh, that they have stapled or wherever their headquarters were uh, where uh, for their WEC. And um, 
that's just something that we're going to have to wait on. I'm not sure if that deal is going to be occurring next year. I know that the cars that they're preparing are going to be ready by the end of this year. They're going to be testing and all that kind of stuff, getting it finally tuned in and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's great to see that these two powerhouses and these two teams and, and these two units have come together and are going to be moving forward in the next coming in, in the coming years. It's something that I've studied, uh, something that I haven't really spent much time with, but something that I've wanted to study, I should say. Uh, Penske hasn't been a part of the World Endurance Championship since 1971. They've been more focused on the American side of things, and now they're finally going to be across the pond. Are they going to be able to muster the comeback that they may be looking for? Um, that's something that we will not know. But if you're uh, if you're watching on YouTube, let me know down in the comments what you think. Is Penske going to be able to muster up um, that whatever they're trying to muster up? Are they going to be able to muster up that impact uh, on this return to uh, the World Endurance Championship? Now, of course, there's there's plenty of other things that we could talk about. You know, Porsche has had significant dominance in the World Endurance Championship. Um, you know, there have been times, of course, that they haven't came in first, second, whatever, but they have had significant dominance. Porsche is always a staple name. It's something that, you know, rings across the board. And, of course, in the American side of things, IMSA, Porsche has been dominant um, in, I believe, the GTD or the one of those categories. I'm, I'm forgetting what class, but it has been quite dominant. And now Porsche is actually no longer in the IMSA uh, because of the, 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 the new regulations and new rules and things like that. I believe there's still a customer car in there, but the factory team Porsche is no longer uh, uh, involved with the IMSA. I have to say that does suck. I do hope that they go back to it. That would be great. And, um, you know, it, it would definitely be something that we would love to see. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe this might open up another door. Maybe this might open up another door for Porsche to come back to IMSA and really put down some some good stuff and, 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 and let us know what they're working on. Let us know how they're moving. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of things are going to are, are, are what are what I'm thinking about. Um, let me know what you're thinking about down in the comments below. Now, like I stated, we're going to be talking about MotoGP, the IndyCar series. Um, we're going to be talking about Formula One, of course, you know, Portimao. Um, also, some insights and things like that uh, that we may be discussing. Now, starting off with MotoGP. Um, what was it? The Spanish GP? Yep, Spanish GP. Uh, either Jack Miller, Jake Miller, whatever his name is. Jay Miller, he came away with the victory uh, for the Ducati rider. Impressive work. Uh, I mean, he was leading for most of the race, so you know it's only fitting. Well, I don't know if he was leading for most of the race, but he kind of was. So it's only fitting that uh, he pulled away with that uh, victory. Uh, props to him. But I still want to dive into the race a little bit. Fabio Quartararo had a good start, but he fell back very, very quickly. I mean, even before the first turn, he got swallowed up um, by the Ducati riders and I think Morbidelli as well. Um, now, like I said, Jack Miller, he had a great start, pushed into the lead, got the whole shot, and pretty much led for the entirety of the race. I don't think anyone was coming close. Uh, I don't think anyone was really competing with him um, throughout the entirety of the race. He was just keeping pace and doing what he needed to do in order to stay in that lead. Very impressive work by him. And, of course, we know that the Ducati power is unlike the other bikes. So, in straightaways, we're able to, you know, extend past that third gear. They definitely have that power against everyone else. But we do know that uh, Yamaha, 
not Yamaha, I'm sorry. It might be Yamaha. Um, yeah, I think it is Yamaha. Yamaha's corner speed is something, is what they use uh, to, 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 to be an impact within a race. So, you know, they have straight, you know, Ducati has straight line speed. Yamaha has corner speed. Now, Fabio Quartararo, I believe, is on a Yamaha. Not a factory one, but he is on one. Um, Alex Marquez, he has had a terrible, absolutely terrible season. It, I don't seem to understand why he just can't keep this bike from crashing. Why he can't keep from crashing. I know he's pushing. I know he's on the on the edge, on teetering on the edge all the time, just like all the other riders. And I know that they're pushing hard and, and trying to really, uh, you know, go out there, get that victory and do it in the best way possible. But damn, this is, I think he's crashed every single round since the start of this MotoGP season. It's not necessarily something that I want that 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 people want to see. You understand? Especially since your brother came. Especially since uh, Mark Marquez has come back. His brother has come back, and you out last year seeing how well Alex was able to actually uh, maneuver and move and all those kind of things. I'm thinking that these two boys are gonna come together and be a real and be a real uh, uh, remarkable unit. Now I've seen the capabilities of Alex and we've all seen the capabilities of Mark. Obviously Mark is coming back from an injury and almost nine months away from his bike. He has made his return. He had he is doing remarkable things, but that's still, you know, something that we all uh 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 am I thinking of a different race? No, it, it is this race, but I mean earlier with Fabio Quadraro uh and Jack Miller. Jack Miller was not leading the entirety of the race. I'm kind of running off memory right now. Jack Miller was not leading the entirety of the race. There was something wrong with Fabio Quartararo's bike uh, towards the ending of the race, and he was slowing down drastically. I mean, literally drastically, and he fell back like at least eight positions. Fabio Quartararo was in first leading the race, and he was doing his due. And Jack Miller, or Jake Miller, uh, or no, it is Jack, Jack Miller, whatever. I'm just calling him by his last name. Miller, uh, he was the one. Hold on. Yep, 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 yep. Fabio has made had made his way to the first position. You know, based off of that Yamaha corner speed and pace. And with 11 laps to go, something goes wrong with Fabio's bike, with Quartararo's bike. And we don't necessarily understand what it is. I wish I fucking, excuse me. I wish I went back to check on that kind of stuff. But that's okay. Fabio, something was wrong with his bike. Uh, Quartararo's bike was just, just, I guess, malfunctioned. I'm not necessarily sure, but it wasn't putting down the power anymore, and he was losing, I mean, full seconds on laps, and Miller was able to just close in and take care of whatever he needed to take care of. Um, and Quartararo definitely just fell back in position all the way to eighth, which is something that you hate to see, but you know that Quartararo is quite... Is, is quite efficient. He has, he should have had the most points at this point in time, but he didn't. He, he didn't have the most points in, at this point in time. That sucks. And, and we're trying to, and I'm trying to understand. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, but Fabio keeps dropping back. Um, Pekka Benyahe and Morbidelli, they have their little battle. Uh, I believe Morbidelli, nope, I believe, um, 
Peko Benyahe actually uh, is the one that wins that battle. He comes in second, um, and Morbidelli is in third place. Fabio finished in, I believe, eighth. Um, what on earth happened to Fabio Quartararo and his bike? That was sad to see. Um, that's really it for MotoGP, though, on, on, in, in, in my standings. Uh afraid I got that a little wrong right there, but it's still the same premise. Now, moving on to open wheel racing, IndyCar. The IndyCar series is live, ladies and gentlemen, live. The Expel 375 at Texas Motor Speedway was quite remarkable, I'd have to say. It was all right. It was all right. Um, Paddle Award comes away with his maiden victory um, on this oval. Uh, one thing I'd say is... I save that for another. I save that for a video. I'll save it for a video. I got some complaints about IndyCar and how they bring excitement to uh, to racing. I'll save that for another. I'll save that for a, a, a discussion video on my YouTube channel. Um, but big crash at the green flag takes out seven cars. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, to the I mean, big crash as in people upside down. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais was taken out um, right at the beginning. Toro Fittipaldi had ran into the back of someone ever so slightly, but I mean, these guys are flying um, at that point. You can't really slow down from there. And crash takes out seven cars right off the bat. Um, Yeah, involved in the crash was Kellett, Bourdais, Jones, Rossi, Kanan, Fittipaldi, and Daly. Um, there was a full race stop and a full race restart. Now, on this track, there is a gray section, very skinny, barely two cars can fit in there if you're trying to overtake. This is, I believe, oval racing. Um, and then there's a darker section. <laughs> that has no grip whatsoever, or well, it has grip, but not as much as that gray section. And if you're there, you're gonna have to either slow down and try and bring it back to the, excuse me, try and bring it back to the gray section, something of that nature in order to to, to, to be effective. Um, I, in my opinion, that track was horrible. I, that's all I really, that track was horrible, man. You know, like in NASCAR, you know, uh, the entirety of the track can be used um, there's going to be plenty of spots for people to try and get those overtakes, those sleep streams, pushes, and all that kind of stuff. That is more exciting than what was happening at Texas Motor Speedway. I don't necessarily agree with that track. Um, now, Jack Harvey was um, he was doing pretty well, but uh, he ended up out of the race. His I believe his right rear bearing um, caught on fire, if you would believe that. Uh, it was burning up and there was smoke and he had to pull into the pits. From there, he was out of the race. Paddle Award was pushing surprisingly hard from basically the entirety of this race. Quite aggressive young man. And it was honestly impressive to see. I feel like the younger races always have something to prove. Always have something to prove. And they're the ones that you're going to expect the great stuff from. The veterans are going to, you know how it always is stick with the fundamentals um but the younger ones are the ones who are going to put down the metal who are going to be flashy who are going to do those kind of things that let us know that they're here for a long time and or, or they're here for a good time and a long time all in the same move paddle award definitely showcased that 
for sure. Um, everyone, you know, throughout the race, I'm thinking about, damn, fuel consumption, tire management, that maybe those kind of things. That's not what he's thinking about. He's just thinking about push, push, push. And he did that. And not only did he get the lead, but he extended that lead by, I think, three, four, up to five seconds at one point in time. Um, and he just kept pushing from way beyond, you know, like the last three laps or something like that. From, I mean, I mean, eight laps, 10 laps left. He's creating that distance, not worried about fuel, not worried about the mileage count that they have to get to for their fuel, all that kind of stuff, not worried about it whatsoever. He's just pushing and doing what he needs to do to get that victory for himself. Great work, great work, great work. Um, you know, like I said, saving fuel uh, and big decisions uh, that need to be made in these types of races, especially for, you know, 370, is that? Yeah, I think 300, you know, for an XBL 375, that's not, that's something that's 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 important but but he was so aggressive and resist paddle award was so aggressive and resilient he took the lead and stretched that mother out unbelievable work by paddle now indycar so far as a series this is going to be more opinion based this ain't really going to have any facts on it but indycar as a series has been something that i'm not sure is going to stay it's going to bring more fans in it's like i said i'm probably going to discuss this in another video um but I'm, I'm i might just give you a little taste of it now what is up with this camera work i know that pato award is in the lead but we know that he has a gigantic monster monstrous lead on all his opposition why would you not switch this to a different point of action rather than just showing him by himself on a track Yes, at the last lap or something like that, you know, uh, coming to the finish line, obviously we want to see who wins. But if there's 10 laps left and he has a five second lead, why are you sticking with him? You would switch off to another point of action if you want to make this entertaining for the fans to watch at home. I, just certain things like that is, is, is what kind of annoys me about the IndyCar uh, uh, series. But so far, you know, the road courses, definitely where the, the, the real action is, in my opinion. Um, a bunch of overtakes, um, a whole lot of closing in on gaps, a whole lot of uh, um, push-to-pass opportunities where, you, you know, you really have to see different strategies being put into place. It's way more, in my opinion, way more exciting than Oval racing simple i mean st petersburg was remarkable um uh and their first one was also remarkable i just forgot where that was at <laughs> i forgot where that where that race was at that's my bad but it's all of those are the road courses in my opinion are the better courses than the ovals and especially when with the road courses it's a tighter it's a tighter system so being that they're so focused on the driver in front all the damn time and the fact that there's drivers behind obviously we're going to be able to see some action overtakes and all that stuff but during the oval if they're able to get a gap all they're going to stick to is that first driver it is ridiculous y'all need to come up with swaps or something like that just find different points of action no one wants to see the driver in the driver in front who has a five second lead for the next fucking 12 laps uh, 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 excuse my language um road courses are better hands down moving on though i'm moving to formula one because that's where you know i'd like to finish off with at the algarve or algarve i don't know how to say it. international circuit uh the portuguese gp portamile lewis hamilton of course the goat takes uh 
takes the win. Takes the win. Now there's 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 before I get into this, before I get into this. I got Formula One 2021 on pre-order. Comes out what July 16th? Yeah, yeah, July 16th, 2021. I will be buying that game and I will be driving and I will be racing and I will be sim racing mostly um, that game. And I just want to let people know that videos are on the way. On the way when it comes out, when I'm able to actually play it, uh, like the rest of the public. And um, I'll be pumping out content on that mostly. Uh, I've played, you know, F1 2020 and I mean, F1 2016 as well. Um, great, great games. And I cannot wait for F1 2021. I will be pumping out a ton of content on that because that will probably be the game that I play the most this year. Moving on. <laughs> All right, Botas, in qualifying, he was able to pull away with the pole position, quality to, or not quality, um, awards, I don't know how to say it, but, you know, um, props to him, there you go, props to Botas on that, or I'm gonna just call him Valtteri, because I always feel like I'm saying his last name wrong, props to Valtteri, um, in getting in pole position, uh, Verstappen was in second, and Lewis Hamilton, was it? No, sorry. Uh, I believe Lewis was in second and Verstappen was in third. Checo uh, Perez was in fourth. Uh, top dogs, top four. Simple. Um, Lando Norris is impressive, quite impressive. He was able to pass Ocon after a short little battle. Um, Kimi Raikkonen was out due to a crash. That sucks. We all know. I love Kimi. But he was out due to crash. Um, but Norris, like I was saying, he pushes well. Norris pushes well, moving uh, up the ranks. And um, I don't know. I feel like he he's going to be able to shake up um, what we you know what what we uh, what we see, or he's going to be able to shake up what uh, the 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 norm um, this year. You know, third times the charm, third year uh, with McLaren. And um, he's definitely going to be quite uh, impressive uh, going forward. You know, always pulling away with points and, and, and those kind of things that, that's going to pull away uh, from Red Bull in the Constructors title if Perez is not able to impact the race as much as Verstappen. Moving on. <laughs> Hamilton versus Verstappen, there's a nice little battle that goes on between them, you know, switching positions and overtake after overtake. But, of course, Hamilton is the one who takes the reins. Um, Verstappen comes away with second place. Uh, Perez was in the top five finish, of course, which is great to see. That brings plenty of points for them, uh, for Red Bull. But, of course, uh, Mercedes is still leading in the constructors. Um, now, Lewis Hamilton in first, Max Verstappen in second, um, Valtteri Bottas, Valtteri in third, Perez in fourth. All he did was regain his position. It sucks, though. It sucks, though. Valtteri had that pole position. He has the car. He has the skills, but still drops back because there's just people more skilled than he is. Simple. Um, Lando Norris in fifth place. I believe he started in P8 or something like that. Coming... Coming up to fifth place after passing, you know, a, a good bit of guys uh, overtaking, uh, I believe, Ferrari as well. Um, remarkable work. Remarkable work, Lando. Keep it up. Um, six was Charles Leclerc. Um, seven was Esteban Ocon. Eight was Fernando Alonso, which I actually did not expect. I expected him to fall way deep in the track. Like, I usually don't expect him to be in top ten ever. 
Uh, so great work by Alonso and of course Daniel Ricardo at ninth, which I have to say as his third outing with McLaren, this is I believe his worst pe- his worst position. But one thing, I, well, th- then again, there was the whole issue with qualifying where he wasn't able to actually uh, run or his run wasn't counted, something of that nature. And um, from there, he had to, uh, you know, just stick with whatever position he had. But if we move forward with that, right, they're fine tuning that car to him. He's getting all the necessary things he needs to do. And then he's going to push forward. I think that he's going to have an amazing comeback season. Granted, we're only, what? Three rounds in. So, I think fourth round, he's going to be in the top five. That's my prediction for uh, Ricardo. I think he's going to be in the top five. He has something to prove. And, of course, Lando Norris is, is going to be uh, up there as well. It's I think it's just going to be a nice, healthy battle um, and a nice, you know, um, healthy teammate. Um, I don't want to say rivalry, but more so of inspiration, more so of of motivation, you know. Uh, between Lando and Ricardo because Ricardo knows he has the skills and Lando is now having the skills and whatnot. But Ricardo has the skills and now the car, I think he'll be able to put down some metal um, to put down a good drive. Now, Gasly, like I said, Pierre Gasly is... The man's middle name is consistency. Steady, always consistent. Never, never, never drops the ball. I love it. I love it. Finishing uh, 10th position. Um, top 10 finish always. Um, Charles Leclerc had a, had an impressive drive as well. Didn't expect him to be in the, what, in sixth position. Didn't expect him to be there. Um, but he did. He pulled away with that. Pretty decent work. Ferrari is, um, is all right this season. It's all right. Well, so far. Um, And like I stated, Lando Norris has definitely has the, that, that ability to shake up the Constructors' title. And, I mean, I'm not sure about the Drivers' Championship, but definitely the Constructors' Championship and the Constructors' standings. Because if Checo doesn't perform and Lando performs and Ricardo can perform, then Red Bull won't be able to get that second place. Red Bull might fall down to third, which would actually be a nice little shake-up, you know. And, um, but obviously, we're hoping for more. Now, that is about it for yeah that is about it for this episode of Tyree Waldron Motorsports um or the Twims podcast that is what I'm going to be calling it that is what we're going to be on Instagram it is going to be known as the Twims podcast T W M as in mom S Twims T W M S podcast check it out on Instagram just started (laughs) anyway moving on um well there might be one last thing one last thing for me is this is going to be a short little rant not really i'm trying i'm I'm thinking about starting something called rally fan radio now rally fan radio is going to be something that i try to implement as a live event every week every two weeks something of that nature i haven't quite worked out the schedule but rally fan radio is going to be a like a live video or a, a live radio show where your fans are able to come in, comment, let me know how they're thinking about certain aspects, let me know how they're thinking about certain uh, drivers, races, that kind of thing. Um, 
I'm also thinking about implementing a call-in system. Not sure yet, but I just want to know, is this something that has been done or is it something that I should start? Would you be interested in Rally Fan Radio? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you are listening, head on over to Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. Everything will be linked in the description box. Let me know. Peace. Have a wonderful day.